It's time for the Horror Attic Podcast. The Horror Attic Podcast. It's a deep dive into horror movies, memorabilia, and monster monsters. You scared the bejesus out of me. <laughs> Turn out the lights. Turn out the lights. Crank up the sound. And welcome, and welcome to, the to the attic. It's time for the Horror Attic Podcast. Welcome back to the podcast. My name is Ray. If you missed the last episode, which I urge you to download, you can get it on Podbean. You can get it on iTunes. We did our top five, and we talked about Stephen King movies. So I know there's a Mm -hmm. lot of Stephen King fans out there. Make sure you check out last week's podcast for that. Uh, We did our new chick, Old Flick, where Jen checked out the movie uh, Hellraiser. And uh, she actually... She liked it. Yeah, she liked it, which was pretty cool. And we had a, a spirited... Uh, hopefully better understanding of the difference between reboots and remix last week in our closing topic. So as always, you can find us at the horroraddict.com and uh, check out some of the cool stuff we got there. We got t-shirts and whatnot over there. And uh, what do we got coming up today, Paul, on the podcast? Uh, the closing topic tonight is going to be the sci-fi and horror movie relationships, how they interconnect, uh, what's viewed in a certain category uh we got new chick old flick jen is going to be reviewing night of the comet which won the vote we are going to do our first segment of tales from the cons with me and anthony telling a interesting or not interesting story from our lifetime history of being at cons and that's about it are we going to do uh, in memory of yes we will give a few minutes to hal holbrook Oh. He had passed away right after we co- recorded the last show. So we're going to give him a minute or two. So we skipped over Valentine's Day. And I know, I know there's horror movies that have to do with Valentine's Day. Did you guys watch any? Because I'll, I'll I be did. Honest, I watched Silence of the Lambs because it was its 30th anniversary. So I had oh, to watch Silence of the Lambs. Perfect. That is so, so perfect for the day. Yeah, what did you guys watch? What do you think? It was on... Uh, My bloody what Valentine. was that? Our f- yeah, I think that was our first podcast. Uh, horror movies based on a day of the year. Yeah, My Bloody Valentine. So if you hear if you if you just heard them right, go back and check out the first podcast because we did horror flicks based on days of the year. So you know, whenever any holiday comes up, uh, like the next one we're going to have is what uh, we got St. Patrick's Day. Did we talk about the Leprechaun? Uh, Anthony I guess, might. We should. I get, I think we should. I mean, I don't know if we did in the first podcast, it's but I think we series. should. So that's what we got With coming up luck, here. We'll watch it. I think we should. We should all watch it via Zoom. I just have to install Zoom. Yeah, me too. I don't have a Zoom either. So. I've never, I've never <laughs> done it either. <laughs> I've never, I've never Zoomed with anybody. So not either I've have I. A my bit. family, my family wanted to do it for Christmas, and I still didn't install it. That would be the best way to visit your family on Christmas via Zoom, so you don't have to go there. I mean, regardless of I COVID, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> so, I mean, Hank, what the hell? We are going to get things started right now. New chick. going to be cool. Old flick. Just the facts, man. All right, Jen watched a new movie for this week's episode of the podcast, and she watched Night of the Comet. Well, what did she think of the movie? Is she there? Do we have her with she, us today? She she is here. She's still awake. She We're doing it a little bit out of order, but she is still conscious. So 
she's going to talk about the movie Night of the Comet, which won the voting very closely. It beat out Children of the Corn by 15 votes, which we put wow. it out to the public. So, so if, if people aren't familiar with the movie Night of the Comet, before she gives her review, what's it all about? It is uh, just... Did it take place in Los Angeles? Was that where it was, Anthony? Yeah. California? Hollywood or mm-hmm. something? There's the, the world is going to be crossing into a comet, and it's a big event, kind of like Haley's Comet, where everybody, vid, businesses shut down, and they want to go look at the comet. Well, little did anybody know that they were going to turn to dust unless they were protected by hiding or sleeping in protective like metal buildings it's pretty neat pretty good concept let's get on her what'd she think about it all right jen start it off well uh surprisingly i uh, i liked it i thought it was entertaining it was a good uh 80s cheesy movie it was cheesy it was cheesy did you think it had that type of like valley girl feel or did it did the main the two main characters the girls um they they totally took me back to the 80s and all the valley girl stuff and their um, their dress, how they styled their hair, the way they talked. Um, yeah, it was uh, it was like Valley Girl meets zombies, kind of. Yeah, that's a good point. That is a very yeah. good point. Valley Girl yeah. meets zombies. It was. <laughs> it's a very fun movie. It's really fun. It is. I didn't know what to expect. Um, I, I didn't know what to expect. I thought. Uh, I definitely didn't expect it to be as fun as it was. That's for sure. So who is in this movie that's noteworthy? Anybody? Uh, Catherine Stewart. She was the lead. She was in Weekend at Bernie's and oh, yes. The Last Starfighter, the cult classic Starfighter, uh, The Last Starfighter. Kelly Maroney. Kelly Maroney. What's she from? Uh, she's she's done a lot of like 80s horror films, kind of like uh, Chopping Mall she did. Um, did you like that one? That was a good. I liked that one. I thought it was fun. It was a different type of aspect <laughs> was, compared to more. <laughs> yeah, it was. And she was also in. It was just on TV the other day. Fast Times at Ridgemont High. She was the cheerleader. You know, that's out there in front of the class, and then or in front of the school, and then somebody throws a paper airplane like right by her head. That was her in that movie. But big role. So all in all. Yeah. She says it's a pick to click. Somebody's looking for a movie to watch, uh, but it's and it's but it's not too scary, right, Jen? No, no, it really wasn't scary. It was entertaining. I mean, this isn't a blood and guts kind of horror movie, is it? No, not at all. Uh, no, I didn't think so. I mean, because you really, we really have a couple different genres, you know, that we're reviewing at times. There's blood and guts horror movies, and then there's Valley Girl horror movies <laughs> without blood yeah. and guts. <laughs> Different. This was different for sure. It was different, but it was entertaining. It was not scary or blood and guts or anything like that. Excellent. Zombies. Yeah, definitely not a slasher. Definitely not a slasher. It was just a neat concept. So if you want to check out something that's got a cool concept, go check out Night of the Comet. Jen gives it two thumbs up. Is that what we're doing? Two yeah, thumbs yeah. up? Yeah, I'd watch it again. So it's two on the jaw scale? Uh, I, I, four? A four? A four? I liked it. Awesome. Well, what's the top of the Jaws scale? Five. Oh, well, geez. Wow, Five is that's... Jaws. You know, number one would be Night Flyer, the lowest rated one. And then uh, number five would be Jaws. All right. Well, now we know. So what are we going to have her watch <laughs> next time? 
you know what? I haven't made up the list yet. I will put that on Facebook and put that as another poll. All right, so they can check out the Horror Attic group. It's on our Facebook. You can find it. You can become a member. It's easy. Uh, We'll accept you. We we pretty much accept anybody. Uh, Mm -hmm. Whether you've got all your fingers or not, it doesn't make a difference. Uh, As long as you can click the mouse, that's all we care about, and you want to interact with us, you can do it in the Horror Addict right there on Facebook. It's a group. Go check it out. All right, new segment on the program today. In Memoriam. Now, we're not talking about uh, things that are uh, zombies or anything. They have passed on to wherever they went. Whether whether they believed in whatever, they're gone. They're somewhere. They're dirt, basically. Or actually, how long does it take for them to become dirt, Anthony? Quite quite a while. It depends on how well the embalming was. I mean, you can dig someone up 10, 20 years later, and they're still halfway decent looking. Really? On, yep. See, those of you who don't know, Anthony's other job works at a funeral home, so... Uh, mm-hmm. If you have any questions about that, please pose them to us. That'd be kind of cool. Like the vaults, while we're on, I got a question. Uh, the vaults, like, are those pretty airtight or are they just, you know? They're tight, but nothing's airtight. No. Water, so there's a, air is going to get them. Oh, so water's going to get in and eventually seep into the casket and ruin the casket. Yep. <sighs> just like Friday the 13th. So what's going to last longer? So the body's apparently going to last longer, or the casket going to last longer? Eh, it depends on the type of casket. If it's a metal casket, it'll last longer than a wood casket. It depends on what the person died from and how well they were embalmed. Hmm. Very do interesting. Do you stuff. embalm? Yeah. You do? Yeah. You, I had like three of you, them today. You did them. You embalmed them. Yeah, it's like an oil change. <laughs> it's true. Where's it's the true. filter at? It's probably you... easier. Man, uh, that's yep. disgusting. Fluid goes in, comparison. Fluid comes out. Man, Anthony's own Jiffy Lube. Wow. Oh, oh yeah. I did. I did not know that. I actually worked at a radio station once in the Quad Cities, and it was in an old funeral home, and my office was the embalming room in the basement. How, the, how was nice. that smell? It, it's, it was old. I mean, it, would, it was way like it had been a radio oh, station okay. for a while. But there was, the, there was drains in the middle of the floor, and every, it was weird. It yep. was weird. Yeah. There was, it was haunted for sure. I mean, oh, I had a psychic. Yeah, I had a psychic come in, and she said there was ghosts and everything there. I'm like, because I didn't believe it, but the overnight guy kept saying, Ooh. the toilet flushes in the middle of the night. I'm like, shut up. It does not. He goes, it does. And then I was there really early one morning, and I heard it flush, and I run down the hallway, and there's nobody there. So I'm, I brought in a psychic named Nia, and uh, she said it was uh, haunted. Mm-hmm. Because so, of a flush? You might have to... She said there was actually seven ghosts a lot there. Toilets. There were seven ghosts oh, there, she on. said. No, I'm serious. Seven. Fruit Loops, she counted um, She said there were seven, and she says it's a way station. And people that uh, have come there to pass on, but they never oh, like passed on. Like a portal right there, yeah. Yeah. All right, so the who are we talking about that port- has passed on today? 
we're going to talk just a f- couple of minutes here on Hal Holbrook. He had passed away right after, I think the day after we recorded the last show on the 23rd. So we just wanted to say something about him. He was a legend. You know, so many movies going back to the 70s, 60s. Not just horror movies, though, right? He did other movies. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I mean, I mean, he's really known... I mean, especially for me and Anthony, you know, they were in our top five of the Stephen King as Creep Show. He was fantastic in The Crate. He was in John Carpenter's The Fog. There's there's a lot of other movies besides the horror ones that I loved him in. He was awesome. He All was, the President's Men. He was in Flet, one of the Fletch movies. Fletch, Fletch Lives. lives. Yeah. Uh, he, Second one. Yes. He played a Southern Gentleman. A southern gentleman lawyer in that one. The firm. Oh, in the Remember firm? him being yeah. the baddie? Remember the baddie in the firm? And I always loved the war movie Midway back in the 70s. He was in Midway. Well, he's been Wall around Street for a long thing. time. So he's done a yes. lot of stuff. Lincoln, he was in Lincoln. His yeah. wife was uh, Suzanne Sugarbaker from Designing Women. Dixie Carter. Wow. You just lost punch on your man card. Um, <laughs> the Sopranos. Was that, he did an episode of The Sopranos. Oh yeah, I have actually never even seen an episode of that. I I've what? only seen one. I've only seen one episode uh, of The Sopranos, uh, and it was so only because addictive. I had I got the, like two of the guys from The Sopranos came and was doing a charity golf outing. They showed an episode of The Sopranos, so I met uh, Big Pussy was his name. Ooh and yeah. I, there was another guy that was like a chef on the show, a bald guy, Artie, Artie. Artie. He's they were nice the guys, I guess. But Hal, going back to Hal, boy, his uh, his list goes all the way back to 1954, really, mm-hmm. doing a bunch of stuff. Yeah. So uh, he lived a good and, life. He did, he yeah, lived a good life. Yeah. So, so he, we just wanted is, to say something. So, is this going to be a new segment on the yes. show? Why not? Let's move on to another uh, new segment of the program. Tales from the cons, of course. Hopefully we have some cons this year, you know, with the, oh, with with the Rona and everything going on. I know there's people that want to get out, want to do Corona con. And, um, you know, these cons are hugely popular, not only in our area, but all over the country. And uh, you guys have uh, been to many of these cons. And uh, so we're going to share some stories. You got a story to share about the cons, right? I got a great one. I don't know if Anthony's is as good as this one, but Anthony is quite a bit younger than me, but I'm going to talk about mine. Back in 1990, I was a senior in high school, and my mom actually bought me the tickets to... I flew out to Manhattan as a senior in high school, which, you know, times are kind of a little different back then. So we went out to the Fangoria... Weekend of Horrors out in Manhattan back in 90. Uh, I went with a friend, John Kitley. He's an, also a vendor at, was it Flashback Weekend here in Chicago? He's an author. He's wrote a, written a book, uh, Discover the Horror. So if you get a chance, pick up that book. He also has a website, Kitley's Crypt. He was the adult in the group, and we flew out there, and it was our first con. I guess the coolest part of this story was we had gotten there on a... Friday, because it was just the weekends, obviously. So us young guys were still sleeping. So John wanted to get up in the morning and go get in line at 6 a.m. He says we were whining and crying, but 
I don't recall that. But we were in line to go into the con, and it wasn't even open yet. There was there was a, quite a few people in line, and Gunnar Hansen walks by. You know, a lot of horror geeks are going to know him as the original Leatherface in Texas Chainsaw Massacre. So he's walking by, and he's got his coffee. I wave him to come over by me, and he did. And he was chatting with us for a couple of minutes, and I pulled out a poster tube that I had of the original Texas Chainsaw Massacre and had him autograph it. And he took a picture with us and walked away. And then this past year, I ran into John Kitley, who he really knows a lot about horror. We had just reconnected after about 15 years, and he asked me if I still had that Texas Chainsaw Massacre poster. And I said, absolutely, it's still in the tube. And He's like, you know, that's kind of a part of uh, horror history there. And I'm like, what do you mean? And he's like, that was, Fangoria was like the only cons going back in the day. They did one on the East Coast and West Coast. And that was Gunner's first con. And that was his first autograph that he's ever done at a con. So oh, that's pretty cool. I thought, that's pretty cool. Yeah, I thought that that was kind of neat. And I still have it in a tube and it's up in my office. And that would be story number one for Paul's cons. All right, what do you got, Anthony? You got a cool story? Yeah, actually, my story, I've mentioned it to Paul. It's pretty interesting. (laughs) Uh, Back in 2014, I decided I wanted to go to a different con, so I decided to go to the Mad Monster Horror Con. And I was excited because of two things. First off, Patty Mullen from Frankenhooker was there. And she's never done a con before. And second, Linda Blair was there. So I thought I'd get her off my list. So I decided to take a late flight. met some friends there. uh, Went to sleep. Woke up. Got up. And Linda Blair was in the hallway sitting there signing autographs. And I thought, "Eh, I guess I'll get her out of the way. So I waited in line. And there was this gentleman that was in front of me. And he must have had literally 75 pieces of memorabilia for her to sign. Tapes, DVDs, posters, uh, pictures. I hate those guys. Anything you could find, he had. And she wasn't cheap. I think at the time she was charging $55 an autograph. What? And that's pretty expensive. Yeah. And I'm standing there and I'm like, okay, it's Linda Blair. She's been in a couple films I've liked, so I'll bite the bullet on this one. Who knows when I'll get to see her again at a con in Illinois or anywhere else. So I'm standing there, I'm getting aggravated because the guy's like, well, can you sign this this way, and can you sign this one this way, and you know, can you switch pens, can you use black, can you use red, you know, can you use green? What the heck? I'm standing there. Yeah, and I'm standing there talking to my buddy in line. I'm like, this guy's taking forever. Never going to get to go, you know, meet her. So I'm looking at Linda Blair, and then I look above, and she has a huge poster of she's big animal rights activist. Oh, yeah. And I'm like, okay, yeah, big time. So the the guy finally gets done after 20 minutes. I remember looking at my watch. 20 minutes. So I go up there, and she's talking to her handler. And I pull out this picture. (laughs) Yeah. People that handle the money and, you know, if there's something that she doesn't like, they'll step in. So I pull out this picture. Now, for any horror sci-fi fans, if they remember a movie called Savage Streets, uh, Linda Blair was actually topless in this film in the bathtub. My little curiosity, I found the picture on the internet and I got it printed out. 
So she's standing there talking to her handler, and I introduce myself. She goes, oh, what do you have for me to sign? So I whip this picture out. <laughs> was she topless in it? Yes, she was. And she uh. looked, and she kind of gasped. And I'm like, well, what's wrong? And she's like, oh, nobody's ever given me this picture before. She goes, where did you get it? I said, the magical world of the Internet. I found the picture, and I printed it out. So she signs it, and she smiles, and I'm going to pay her the money. And then I look up, and I'm not even thinking, really, and I'm tired. And I look up, I said, does this money really go to protecting these animals, or is this just, like, a con? Oh, dude. So I, I, I give her the money. I said, thank you very much for the autograph. And I'm like, all right, whatever. And I'm talking to my buddy. I start walking away. And then all of a sudden, I get a tap on my shoulder. And I look back, and it's Linda Blair. She goes, come here. I said, "Uh (laughs) uh-oh. She goes, come behind the table and sit down right next to me. What? And I'm sitting there. Yeah. And I'm like, what is she going to talk about? She opens up this pamphlet. And she goes over all this animal rights stuff and how she's a big animal rights activist and how the money goes towards it. And I'm like smiling and, yep, okay, I see where you're going. And I look up and the line must have been, look like a half a mile down. And everybody's got their arms crossed and looking at me and in pure anger. And my buddy decides to take out his phone. And he's about to take a picture of me sitting down talking to Linda Blair. And she jumps up and she goes, no pictures, no pictures. Wow. And my buddy just gets startled and he drops his phone and she goes, okay, I'm done talking to you. Okay, you can go. I get up, he grabs his phone and we walk off. And I'm like, wow, I guess she's a pretty big fan of uh, the animals and stuff. So I had to do my research on her afterwards. Wow. Yeah, I just looked it up. It's the Linda Blair World Heart Foundation. I'm a big animal lover, so I'm all for it. I probably wow. you know that's against the law. <laughs> well, that's against some, the law to be an animal some lover. Some states it is. Some states it is. <laughs> oh. You know, she was actually, little side note, she dated Rick James, bitch. Wow. She dated Rick James at one point. Hey, if you've got any stories, we'd love to hear from you. You can go on and hit us up on the Facebook page. It's the Horror Attic Group. It's easy to find. Plus, don't forget to check out the website, thehorrorattic.com. The Horror Attic Podcast. Let the discussion begin. I don't know what we're yelling about. It's the Horror Attic Podcast. We have our final discussion tonight. And tonight we're going to discuss something that I think would be beneficial for everybody who's not super familiar with horror movies. But uh, maybe you're dipping your toe in the water. You might want to be careful there. Uh, We're going to talk about the difference between sci-fi and horror movies and the relationship between them. Because they kind of get weaved together a little bit here and there. Yeah, co-mingled, yes. So, oh, that's a good one. Is is that a real word? I believe yes, it we use be. it for cremains. Co-mingled? <laughs> yeah, we co-mingle people's animal cremains with their human cremains. Oh, that's disgusting. All right, so, hey, so. <laughs> let's get this uh, topic going here. Don't forget you can follow us on social media, the Facebook and on the Twitter. It's the Horror Addict Group on Facebook and Horror Addict 2020 
on Twitter. Plus, we've got the website. As usual, you can go to thehorroraddict.com. Pick yourself up some Horror Addict swag, right, Paul? We've got some of that up there. Yeah, we do. And I got my coffee mug sitting right here next to me, which we haven't released those yet, but soon. You're drinking coffee now? No, I got water in it, so. (laughs) That's boring. All right, so let's discuss, to start with, the sci-fi movies that are fringe horror movies. Yeah, you know, it was me and Anthony were talking about this on the phone, what, a few days ago, and we do say that our cast is focused on you know 80s horror but you do have to branch a little bit into the sci-fi areas because to me this is my opinion they are intertwined and connected on certain aspects of movies some you know not like star trek or star wars but (laughs) (laughs) you know so so then what is what is a sci-fi borderline horror movie I would say aliens. What do you? Aliens. Aliens. Predator. Okay. Um, I'm a huge fan of Starship Troopers. Oh yeah. But would you you even consider that close to the horror genre? Well, that's you know, to me, sci-fi is Star Wars and Star Trek. Battlestar Galactica. Mm -hmm. Yes, Starship Troopers is not like those it is you know it's an action tons gore. of gore i mean it's gorier yeah. than any okay. slasher movie in the 80s so really to kind of let's just say fall into this category there's got to be a little gore in there oh yeah oh yeah, yeah how about how about let me throw one at you that i consider sci-fi planet of the apes yeah i would say that's i don't think so you don't, th- I don't think it's what not- I don't. Th- I mean, that's sci-fi. I don't mm-hmm. see that as like that sci-fi horror genre. I mean, what's so horrible about Planet of the Apes? Oh, I don't know. Society. Don't <laughs> Society. Yeah. Uh, if we, I mean, if we okay. want to mix sci-fi and horror, a bull. There's Avatar, but that's a different discussion. Um, uh, never saw it. Oh, terrible. So back to the sci-fi horror movie. What are some other ones that are kind of those fringe? You know, we could say if we're going to sit down and have a horror movie night that we could pull off the shelf that could be a little sci-fi too. Or somebody that likes sci-fi that maybe wants to check out some horror flicks. Aside from Predator and Alien, what else could they check out? And Starship Troopers, don't forget about that one. Uh, Even Look at uh, John Carpenter's The Thing. I mean, that we had Jen review a few weeks ago. I mean, that everybody views that one as, you know, what's your greatest, you know, horror movie or John Carpenter horror movie. A lot of people are going to say the thing. Well, they live. Is that a horror movie or is that sci fi? I mean, where do you categorize that one, Anthony? Say both. It's a mixture of both. Yeah. What about the thing or uh, they live? They live. Where do you put that one? I would say sci-fi, but, you know, it's got a mixture of horror in it, too. I mean, if anyone's seen it, they can definitely tell it does have its horror aspects to it. I mean, that it's like, probably uh, just because it's directed by John Carpenter. Critters? You know, yeah, that's that's a good choice. Yeah. I view I mean, that, that could, as a sci-horror. Yeah. All right. Another one that I put that I absolutely love back in the 80s, I don't... You guys might be too young for it. Is V? 
Oh, I loved V. Loved V. Loved it. Oh, that was one that, of my favorite shows that it was on. That was one of the biggest events of, what was that, in 83 and 84. That was the oh, biggest yeah. event on TV. V and V, the final battle. Now those, mm-hmm. you know, they're sci-fi, but, you know, it's, uh, I don't know. It's hard what, to explain that. What one. about something like an, like a Godzilla or a Cloverfield or something like those movies? Would you throw those in there? No. I th- I mean, I think there's a category just for, like, the monsters. You know, yeah. King Kong. You know, I don't view those as horror movies. Godzilla, no. I don't see those. You know, them. Drama thrillers type. Yeah. But the sci-fi horror, you know, we will be talking about some sci-fi down the road. There's no doubt about that one. It's not going to be Star Trek or Star Wars or... What about, like, Terminator? Oh, yeah. That's... I put that one in the sci-fi horror. Yeah? I mean, I do. I mean, look at the amount of killing we did. Oh, I love that one. That's a real movie. Killer Clowns from Outer Space. You've never heard of that? (laughs) Uh, Yeah, Invasion of the Bozzy Snatchers? Oh, yeah, yeah. Mm -hmm. How about that terrible old Mortal Kombat movie? (laughs) Never seen it. Uh, They're remaking it. There's another one coming out. Again, huh? Yeah. Slither. No. As long as he has Bridget Wilson. Oh. Slither. Okay. Yeah. How do you view that one? So the let's let's just say what are, the distinction really though is would you say gore, blood and guts, murder, mayhem? Where's the line between the two? Death. I mean, Almost the storyline. So would you say what what would you say has traditionally has better storylines? Oh, sci-fi, sci-fi or horror? Sci-fi, yeah, sci-fi. do. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Because horror, you know, you got to kill her. He's out there. He's going to find some way to kill you. <laughs> there's a, yeah, there, there, there's, a pretty, there, there's a pretty similar formula in most of them. I'm not going to say all of them, you know, 75% of them. But with a sci-fi. I mean, see, that's what can... Carpenter did so well is he mixed his so well. The dialogue worked so well. The... The actors he had in the film worked for sci-fi horror, so it's like comparing the thing to Return of the Living Dead. Oh, yeah. Okay, just two great movies, but on polar opposite, mm-hmm. you know, of the spectrum. I mean, like they live. I mean, late they live is one of those movies you either love it or hate it. I don't know too many people, you know, big horror fans that hate it, but you know, it's not a gory movie by any means. But at the same time, it is so ingenious how that story is you know you put on a pair of sunglasses and you see aliens that are taking over the world how about mothra mothra that's with godzilla that's in the the monsters uh, that's a monster that's like tarantula arachnophobia (laughs) no no so when each of you let me ask both of you if you're looking, if you just, there's, you got nothing on your mind. You just know you want to watch a movie. You're going to go grab a DVD or you're going to hit on demand. Are you going to lean towards a sci-fi one or a gore one? I'm always towards gore. And Paul? I'm a middle of the road. You know, something like The Fog or Jaws. Okay. You know, they're That's a clear considered answer. horror, but not, not a major gore fest. So, considered horror, in my opinion. Let's expand this a, just a little bit more then you don't mind 
So a movie like, let's just say, Seven or Silence of the Lambs, not to bring that up again because it's my favorite movie. (laughs) Um, Where are those falling under? Psychological thrillers. Bingo. It does have horror. It does have its horror aspects to it a little bit, but it's more psychological thriller into the killer's mind. I like those. It's making them tick. Those are my favorites. What about like something those. like Mothman Prophecies? Have you seen that? Are you Richard talking to Gere? <laughs> B- a good one. Both of you. Both of you. No, I have not seen that. A good one. Check that one out. That, I mean, that falls in the same category as, you know, the psychological thriller. Somewhat, what is it, loosely based on a true story, isn't it, Anthony? Yeah, in West Virginia. In this, yeah. I think the 60s. Yeah, great flick. Great flick. I just did some just quick... Google search here. Oh boy. Have you seen Sputnik? I have not. Oh, is that about a dog or something? No, it's a space thriller. It comes up under popular horror sci fi movies. I can honestly say uh, I, the most I know about that movie? is it's a, it's a new satellite. one, though. It's on Hulu, actually. <laughs> so. Sputnik. I can't say it's an old I can't say it's an it's, old one. It's the new Get Russian over here, Sputnik. Uh, what about Brightburn? Did you guys see that one? Yes. Where yes, is that no, going to fall? Have. That is that's horror, freaky. It's a freaky movie. There's a there's a whole genre too that we haven't really mentioned a whole lot, horror comedies, because oh, they're out there. Tons of those. Oh yeah. And what makes it a horror comedy though? The dialogue. There's blood and guts, but we're going to make you laugh. Yeah, well, killer clowns. It's like is Return of the example. Living Dead. Eight-legged yes. freaks. What about Shaun of the Dead? Oh, okay, I remember. I remember that one. You have? Yeah, yeah. So would you throw these dumbass scary movies in them too? Yeah. What do you mean the dumbass ones? I, Which I, one? I hated scary movie. Hated. I thought it was terrible. Oh, oh I thought you were talking ones. about the. the I thought, okay, you're talking about the series. I thought you were talking about like everything our podcast is based on. I'm like, where are you going? No, no, that's I not mean, too you cool. Know, Anything with Drew Barrymore in it, basically, that, you know. I've never seen any of them. It didn't really appeal to me. Anything with Drew Barrymore is a horror movie. Let's put it that way. (laughs) Even when she was young? Like E.T.? Yeah, even, I mean, come on now. Don't you, you're watching 50 First Dates. There goes your man card again. Clunk, clunk. (laughs) I got to get a sound effect for when you already disliked. Drew Barrymore, when back in '82, when she did ET, you already disliked her. No, I mean, after that is when she went downhill. She just she's got no acting ability whatsoever. She couldn't act her way out of a paper bag. Oh, we need to get Drew Barrymore as a guest. Oh, I'd love to. I, don't <laughs> I would love to. I would say, Richard hey, do Roper. me a scene from Ugh. this movie. Do me a scene from wanna... this movie. And it's all going to sound Let's the same. Let's dig up the corpse of Roger Ebert. It's hard to even say what is a better genre because it really comes down to the movie itself. Because I'm sure there's crappy movies that are horror movies. I mean, not to you guys. Um, and crappy sci-fi movies that are in that same genre, correct? Yep. Oh, yeah. I mean, I think a lot of horror fans enjoy sci-fi. They, you know... And a lot of sci-fi fans, I don't know if as many sci- diehard sci-fi fans like too much into the horror, but when you're at the cons, you see a lot of people walking around with Plan 9 from outer space and, like Anthony said, the killer clown shirts and 
stuff like that. I think there's a lot of horror fans like sci-fi. So they, they pretty much go hand in hand then. In my opinion, yes. You know, before they get on that far end of the sci-fi spectrum, which would be, you know, the Star Trek and... You know. Yeah. Those are right. the nerds. So to bring up some new a newer movie, what about, like, Legend? Oh, that's a good one. It Tom is a great Cruise movie. Legend. Is that a horror movie? Is that a science fiction-ish movie? What I mean, what what does that fall under? Sci-fi fantasy. I agree with that one. Sci-fi fantasy. You know, Lord of the Rings. You know, yeah. Would you call that horror though? I wouldn't call that any anywhere near the horror genre. No, that's why he was saying sci-fi fantasy. Oh, okay. What about like uh, Resident Evil? Ah, see, that could be a mixture of both sci-fi and horror. That's terrible right movies. In the spot there. You've got a lot of movies that are based around a virus. You know that Brad Pitt one that was based around a World virus. War Z. Well, yeah, there I love a movie that called movie. Virus. So, are the, what do those fall under? Are they still kind of? They're not really horror movies, are they? That's a zombie flick. I think all zombie flicks fall in the horror category. All I right. mean, World War Z was a zombie flick, you know. But totally. Yeah. You know, the and then you've got that, the uh, the funny zombie movies uh, with uh, with Woody Harrelson and Emma Stone. Oh, I love Emma Stone. Oh, Zombieland. Yeah. Oh, you I like love... the smoker smoker cough type girls, huh? I love Emma Stone. That's how I think of her. Mm. Mm-hmm. Hello, Ray. She's going to be in that new Cruella, not to get off the subject, because that'll be the only Disney movie I watch. So you want to keep paying attention to the Facebook page, the Twitter. It's the Facebook, the Horror Attic group on Facebook, uh, Horror Attic 2020 on Twitter. Uh, Anthony's in charge of that. So if it sucks, you can blame him. Uh, And Paul is in charge of the Facebook. If it sucks, you can blame him. Uh, And don't forget, you can always check out the website, thehorroraddict.com. While you're there, you can even shop. And uh, we're still developing thehorroraddict.com. It's going to be more than just uh, a page for the podcast. It's actually going to be a a site you can go check out things, collectibles, and things like that that people are selling and that you could be buying uh, or so go check that out. Continue to check that out. The horroraddict.com because you never know when this guy's going to. Do we have a status on that yet, Paul? Brian's working on it. Brian's working on it. Those of you who don't know who Brian is, Brian is a sophomore in high school who's taking up web design. So just no, that, that's seventh how you grade. Know. Seventh grade. <laughs> The Horror Attic Podcast has been produced and directed by Radio Communications. All opinions expressed are that of the hosts and do not reflect the official policy or position of Radio Communications. This program may contain copyrighted material, the use of which has not been specifically authorized by the copyright owner and are being used under the Fair Use Act. We hope you enjoyed the podcast. Remember... Always look over your shoulder, don't walk down a dark street at night, and always stay scared.